The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. In my, in my work life, um, I have many opportunities since, you know, I have a school called Sarashnir where we give degrees to from adults in our community. And we do so in partnership with various colleges. So I'm constantly, constantly in the position where I have to explain what it means to be an Orthodox Jewish Shemitah Mitzvah to people who are not from, but I need them to be exquisitely sensitive to Torah and Mitzvahs and to some of the sensitivities of our community and what we need and how you know we're careful we don't shake hands with members of the opposite gender and we don't pick up our phones on Shabbos and we don't want to learn about certain subjects and we don't want to have to read certain books and so on and so forth. So in one college that I was dealing with, uh, the president made a suggestion to me, and the president said to me, I think we should do a sensitivity training, but for every single member of the entire college. I said, okay, great, let's do it by all means. So I came down one day with another faculty member of mine, and we were to address the entire faculty of the college, which is over 250 people. And it was in a big theater-style room with many, many, you know, all the way from floor to ceiling, very, very tall, big room. We were... Um, on the stage, and everybody was sitting in these theater seats. And we went on, and we were talking, and I was explaining all kinds of different things, why I wear a yarmulke, and what my tzitzis represent, and why a woman would cover her hair, and what our names mean, and we went from thing to thing to thing. Now, there's one thing that I'm always very conscious of, and we tell the students this a lot, we always say, every time you have to call somebody in the college for assistance, just please remember that you don't just represent yourself, you represent every single student from Sarah Schneer. So if your name is Rachel, and it's not Melissa, and if your name is Hindi, and if your name is Bela, and if your name is Chaim, then they don't just judge that interaction by, oh, Chaim is nice, or Chaim is, uh, is, is, is you know, not as rude, but it becomes, these are the students of Sarah Schneer. So please recognize that I make a Kiddush Hashem every time you do it. We tell that to the students, but you know, can't always, I, I can't monitor the phone call, so who knows what's actually going on. So I did, I said, you know, people, I want to tell you something. Um, all of our students are really very refined, and they're very nice, and they're very good. I said, but, you know, in the Jewish community, we are somewhat of a close-knit community. So sometimes we dispense with the formalities. Sometimes we don't, you know, we don't, instead we don't go to the, hi, how are you? How's your day? It's a beautiful day. It's so nice to talk to you. We get straight to the point. Hey, can you help me? Sometimes we do that only not because not in any attempt to be rude, but we just we dispense with the formalities because we already know each other. You don't have to do that with somebody that you feel close to. I said, so you may encounter sometimes via email or in a phone call, you might sometimes encounter somebody who maybe comes across as impolite, but they never mean it that way, and you should never see it that way. Well, somebody, you know, most generally, as I was speaking, the people were really quiet and listening intently. And nobody interrupted me. And all of a sudden, somebody says, Hey, can I say something? And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, heavens. And it was a guy all the way up in the cheap seats, you know, all the way at the top from the ceiling. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, no, what is he going to add now? What's he going to say? He's going to go talk about, obviously, some encounter where somebody was rude and I was starting to fall apart. And thinking to myself, Okay, what am I going to answer back? Don't judge Judaism by the Jews. What am I going to say? And I said, Oh, sure, sure, please. And he says, I want to tell you. I work at the IT help desk. 
And we got many calls from your students. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, and there goes my heart. I don't have pills strong enough for this. And he says, and I got to tell you, every single time they call, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, please, Hashem, I beg you. Every time they call, they are so polite. And they are so nice. And they always ask me how I'm doing. And they always thank me. And sometimes they even, like, they send an email to my supervisor thanking them. We love when your students call. And everybody in the room, 250 people start clapping and cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. Boy, I underestimated our students in a big way. Wow, we are really something special. This is this is Yidin. Yidin are special. Yidin, and not just my students, but the point is that we really can make an amazing Kiddush Hashem if we stop and we think about it. We think about what it is that we're doing and who we're interacting with, and we don't dispense with the formalities. There's a lot we can accomplish. You know, there are a lot of people that day who were influenced for the positive by this guy's message. That's what you can do. And I want to finish off with an incredible story. It's an incredible story that happened to me no less than last week. Okay? I was sitting, doing something similar. I was sitting in a college in the Midwest. A college that I recently formed a partnership with. And I flew down with another member of my team. And we were there to do a sensitivity training as well as some other things for the college. And we're going to do again a sensitivity training, but this time for the really the, the senior brass, so the provost and some deans and some others. And we started off the morning with that. We had a whole agenda, but the first two hours were reserved for sensitivity training. So again, I'm going through my whole spiel, and especially as it applied to the specific years in which we were going to be working with them. And everybody there is very nice. None of them are Jewish, but all of them are very, very nice. But we're talking about in a, in a place that there's no Jews, their, their campus doesn't even have a Hillel, nothing, no Jewish representation whatsoever. So they really knew very, very little. Um, okay, so I'm talking, and they're completely, totally receptive. Beautiful. But there was one fellow to my left, and he was, like, warm. And whatever I was saying, he was, yes, yes, he was, he was very into it. Okay, and like the others were sort of feeding off of his energy and his, his acceptance of what we were saying. Great. So we took a break after about an hour and a half, two hours, we took a break. And everybody went to get a drink, freshen up. And he comes to me and says, Rabbi, you know, I have a friend, I have a very close friend who's an Orthodox Jew. And I said, oh, really? Now, when, when, you know, when I hear, I have a friend who's an Orthodox Jew, that usually means that when he drives to Shul on Yom Kippur, he doesn't have a cheeseburger in his hand. It's usually the extent of his being an Orthodox Jew. I said, really? Wow, that's so nice. Uh, you know, what does that mean? He says, oh, yeah, he was my professor when we were in college. And he introduced me to all the kosher eateries in that, in that vicinity. And I was thinking, so, oh, I said, so you mean he was really Orthodox? He says, oh, yeah, he was Orthodox. You bet. So I want to tell you something he did. He says, we had our, the entire department, he said, eventually, he was, he was my professor, and ultimately I moved up, and I became a professor in that department as well. And he was one of the senior, he was like the dean of that department. And he said, every Friday, we would have an all-hands-on-deck meeting um, Friday afternoon. Well, he did not work after midday, he would leave like around noontime on Friday. So what he did was, Fridays, he would bring boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts for everybody in the department. And he says, you know, 
when you're sitting there munching on his donuts, you're not going to feel bad when he leaves in the middle of the meeting or in the beginning of the meeting because, you know, he, he somehow figured out how to make sure that there shouldn't be any tension, that nobody should feel upset at him for this practice. And I thought to myself, wow, that's a guy who really did it right. And if he would have stopped the story right there, I would have said, wow, beautiful. Somebody to learn from. I got to meet that guy one day. But then he continued. He says, I got to tell you something else. He said, I'm in academia for 40 years. I've worked in a number of colleges. He listed me off the colleges he worked. I don't have enough fingers to count them. He's been around. And he said, his department was far and away the nicest place I ever worked in. You know why, Rabbi? Because he had a standing rule, and he reminded us of that rule all the time. And the rule was, you can talk about any problem, you can talk about any issue, but you can't talk about another person. You can talk about issues, you can talk about problems, but you can't talk about people. He said there was no rumor mill. There was nobody talking, there was none of that backstabbing, there was none of that undermining that takes place that's so common all around in offices and academia and all places of higher education. He said there was none of that in that place. Because he, David, did not allow that. And he said that was the greatest place. We all say that was the best place we've ever worked at. So he said, you know, you walk in here today and I see you've got the yarmulke and I see you've got kosher food. And I think to myself, I want to work with people like that because that's going to be good. That's going to be something that everybody's going to love. I thought to myself, wow, wow. Can you imagine? This kid pulled this off 25 years ago. He was careful to make sure that the yarmulke and the Shabbos should be something that pushed him to a higher level. And as a result, look at how many people are going to benefit, have benefited, and will continue to benefit because of the Kiddush Hashem that he made. I actually found out his name, and I looked him up, and I got in touch with him, and I said, I just got to tell you, I sent him an email, he's a Yid who lives in Eretz now, I said, I just got to tell you what you did, I got to tell you the effects of your actions that you were careful with Lashon Hara and you didn't allow yourself to stoop to the level. I know what goes on in these places. It's Lashon Hara all day long. It's Lashon Hara Mamish from morning to night. And you completely cut that out. Unbelievable. That's what we got to do. When we go into those environments and we wear a yarmulke and we wear tzitzis and we dress and we would, or if you wear a shaitl and you dress modestly, the goal is to make sure that you are careful in every respect. And when you're careful in every respect, you don't have to worry about discrimination. You don't have to worry about bias. You don't have to worry about anything. The only thing you have to worry about is, I need to be a good representation of the Rebbe Shalman of the Siyamaka. And if you do that, you're going to have you're going to make a Kiddush Hashem Yisrael Hashem Imagine, you come up to Achamev Esm, the Rebbe Shalman says, you were the one, you were, you said on the and you kept it. Wow, wow, wow. Unbelievable. When you are doing PR for the Rabbanu Shalom, you're going to be matzliach in any field. I don't care what that field is, but you're going to be gewaldig matzliach. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.